Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and we're coming to you live from the RVN Television Studios. This is a business show, and in business, pricing your product or service matters. And today we're going to be talking about the science and psychology of pricing with Pear Schofers, who is the author of a book called The Price Whisperer, A Holistic Approach to Pricing Power. Pear, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Well, thank you so much for for inviting me. I'm I'm looking forward to this um, this uh, conversation. Yeah, I am too. So let let's kick it off by talking about the Price Whisperer, and we'll get into the book in a little bit. But your nickname is the Price Whisperer. So tell us how you got it and and why people call well, you the Price um, Whisperer. The, the <laughs> I I didn't invent that myself. Um, I was called the Price Whisperer so many times in one of the networking groups I'm I'm in, and um, um, partly it's because I got this weird name that makes perfect sense in my native Sweden, but not so much here in the in the U.S. And it's a lot easier to find me um, just by googling the the price whisper than 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 my actual name, you know. So so that that is the um, that's the history. I, I I decided to adopt what people called me. But under, underpinning that, there's got to be something deeper, right? It's not just simplifying your, your name because it, it's not that difficult once you hear it once, right? Even Hey, even I got it right. Talk a little yeah. bit about what it means to be a price whisperer. Well, um, I mean, that's an interesting question because <clears throat> the, the, the vast majority of, of, of American companies um, have a very light-hearted view on pricing. And um, and in fact, there there are studies out there that um, that says that um, only about four percent of of businesses focus on on pricing as a as a profit generating activity, and uh, and those four percent end up being they're either already the market leaders, or it's those companies who aspire to become the market leaders, and. Um, and and, um, and 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 the rest, the ninety six percent of companies, um, again take take sort of pricing lightheartedly, and and that's unfortunate because if you look at any any company, profit comes from only three variables: it is uh, the total cost of the operation, it is the uh, sales volume of whatever the company is selling, and and it's the price of whatever you're selling. Um, and out of those three, um, pricing has the highest leverage on profitability. And, and profits obviously are good because if you don't have profits, eventually you run out of cash, eventually you run out of investor money, and, and, and your company dies, right? Let's talk about pricing power. Mm -hmm. how, how do companies get it and what does it really mean, Pear? Well, first of all, pricing power was, um, it's a term that was um, coined by Warren Buffett. And he said that his, his most important criterion for investing in a, in a company is whether it's got pricing power or not. And then he continued to explain what he meant by that, saying that pricing power is the ability to increase prices without losing sales volume. Now, um, Pricing power is something that you get by differentiation, by not being a commodity, by differentiate your product or services in such a way that it adds additional value to, to the buyers. 
Um, and and when you add additional value to the buyer, their willingness to pay increases and thus uh, higher prices are supported. Yeah, I want to talk to you about differentiation and commoditized products and services. And uh, there are a lot of folks in professional services who unfortunately feel and maybe sometimes correctly so, that what they offer is in fact a commodity because people are just not willing to pay a premium because they can shop it and, and go somewhere else to get something that they believe to be a comparable service. So when you think of those types of things, and I'm not going to call out the industries because I don't think that would be fair, but do you have a recommendation for uh, how to differentiate when you're in a space that generally is perceived to be commoditized? Well, um, if you, the, the, <clears throat> what, what we do and what I'm, uh, one of the topics in, 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 in my book is something called behavioral economics. And, um, so we stand on the shoulders of three Nobel Prize winners. And, um, it, it, it what behavioral economics is all about how you, you make purchase decisions. And one of the things that's been proven again and again is that our, um, every decision is, is there is, is a balance between the risk of losing money, so to speak, spend, spending something on, um, that would make us disappointed, um, and, and, and the benefit of what we're about to buy. And that risk factor is 2.25 times um, more influential in in our decision than um, than the expected benefit. Now, um, this is the reason why so many large uh, large companies and consumer goods companies, uh, uh, in particular, are spending um, oodles amount of, uh, amount of money on brand marketing, because brand is a promise of consistency and quality, meaning that it mitigates that that risk factor that we we see in um, in, in making a purchase decision. So um, if you want to differentiate yourself, if you have two equal products or two equal um, um, two equal products or two equal services, you are more likely or the buyer are more likely to to buy the ones um, that has the, the the better brand reputation, the better brand value, and so forth. Yeah, I, I want to continue drilling a little deeper into this behavioral economics piece. When you talk about willingness to pay, uh, I jotted it down. It's interesting that you mentioned that the risk aversion um, is more of a, a driver in, in one's willingness to pay a particular price or fee. Yes. Um, can you? Is there a way to leverage that fear, if you will, when going to market, or is that not a good idea? Well, um, like I said, it's, it's the way the, the way you mitigate it is is by building brand value, and and the uh, then of course the, the the brand value need to be something or the brand message need to be something that makes sense to the buyers, and um, you know I mentioned that I'm I'm Swedish from start, but uh, I mean if you think about how how Volvo for ever since the, the 1960s have had the same message, which is all about safety, right? Yeah. Um, how BMW have had the same message for also for 40, 50 years, which is all about fun to drive, right? 
yes. that that is value drivers uh, or value messages or brand messages that is is going to appeal to a portion of the market, and 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 the person who who buys a safe car uh, is probably not the same person as looking for uh, a car to be be fun to drive, but either of those brands can command a um, a higher price than than equally um, competent cars from from other other vendors, right? So they have succeeded in in their brand value delivery, and and because of that, they have some level of pricing power. Got it. Makes sense. Perry, tell the audience uh, who are watching and listening um, how they can reach out to you if they want to learn more about you or work with you or get your book, which we're going to talk about in the second segment. Yeah, they, they, the, the best is simply to to do a Google search for the price whisper. Um, I'm going to show up um, a lot <laughs> and uh, my book is going to show up and, and my company is going to show up and uh, it's going to be the easiest way to find me. Sounds good. You know what? We're going to take a quick commercial break here at this point, Pierre. You don't go anywhere. And uh, you folks watching and listening, sit tight. We will be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick. Hi, I'm Bob Hokertle from Kings Road Brewing Company. I'm here to tell you about a brand new show on RVN television called Cooking with the King. Each week, we're going to taste and sample some of the best beers the Kings Road Brewing Company has to offer. And we're going to talk to area chefs and restaurant owners as we pair our beer with their signature dishes. We're going to teach you how to cook and eat like a king. Cheers! A stroke can be easy to detect. A loved one can't speak, perhaps they can't move. But there's another sign of a stroke that many of us can't see. It's called spatial neglect, and it can occur during or after a stroke causing distorted visual movements. Fortunately, there's a solution by using optical prism technology during rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have experienced a stroke, ask your doctor about spatial neglect. Spatial neglect. See the whole picture at KesslerFoundation.org. Are you burned out? Disenfranchised. And welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about the science and psychology of pricing with the Price Whisperer, Pair Chauffeurs. Pair, welcome back to round two here on Behind the Numbers. Thank you very much, and uh, uh, pleasure to be here again. I want to start off this segment by talking a little bit about the book. So the book is called The Price Whisperer, A Holistic Approach to Pricing Power. Tell us what inspired you to write it and what will we learn from it? Um, well, the, the underlying thing why, why, um, why I, I decided to write it is that, <clears throat> that there, there's, a, there's a misconception about pricing uh, out in the marketplace. Uh, that uh, too many companies believe that uh, they 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 use cost-based pricing. They try to do pricing similar to a competitor, or they simply guess, and and uh, um, and that always results um, to to money's left on the table. And <clears throat> so what I did was, um, I I I outlined in the book how how companies can. Um, a better way of pricing, but also how companies can influence 
the willingness to pay of their customers. And, and obviously, if you can influence willingness to pay, and, and you do this essentially by marketing, um, in, in, in such a way that uh, willingness to pay um, goes up, then you have some level of pricing power and you can command higher prices and more profits than competition. Yeah, and, and where can uh, our audience find the book pair? Uh, it, well, it's uh, it's distributed to, um, it's obviously on Amazon, but it's on, on all the other online platforms and, um, and it will shortly be in every bookstore in America. Sounds good. So obviously pricing is, is, is critical, you know, no one, every, everyone understands that component, but it, it's, it's nuanced from the standpoint that there's a much bigger return on the, the impact of products and services and the overall business top line. I want to have you talk a little bit about what you've experienced in terms of the returns, if you will, the, the ROI of focusing on the psychology of pricing. There, there, there are two aspects of that. Um, one aspect is the direct result of of um, of um, uh, pricing in such a way that you 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 don't leave money on the table, and that typically generates a doubling of sales growth and twenty five to forty percent higher margins. Right now, the second portion of this is that um, this obviously increases profitability in most companies quite substantially. The, the, the next level, if you like, is that when you put pricing as a centerpiece of your business strategy, lots of small decisions in the company is going to be very different. And together with that added profits that you just made, um, it is often, it's often going to double your, the size of your company over a year or two years. In some cases, um, quadruple. In some cases, quintuple the size of the company, only by having pricing as a as a centerpiece in the business strategy. And um, like I said in the first segment, those companies who do often ends up being the market leaders. And and <clears throat> and those who uh, those are who are on the way of, of getting there are those who aspire to be the market leaders, right? And um, so it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and one of the things that you shared with me that I thought was fascinating was that you've experienced reducing private equity hold periods pretty significantly. Can you speak to that? Yeah, typically, um, you know, private equity, they, they buy a, um, a company and they want to transform it to the next level. And, and sell it again, right? Um, and um, in many cases, they're looking at a, a hold time of about five years. And I have a number of, of uh, clients in, in my company that are private equity owned, uh, but they could able to reduce that hold time to a year, year and a half, two years instead of five years. Um, because that, how quickly they could um, grow the company to to that next level they had as the target and and obviously that makes a huge difference for for the private equity groups yeah huge difference for private equity huge difference for the uh the portfolio company involved yes i, I want to in the spirit of the psychology of pricing i want to talk about the topic of discounting pair because mm -hmm. as you're 
speaking here about pricing power, I'm sure there's some folks who are watching or listening and thinking, you know, I don't want to price myself out of the market. And a lot of times, especially in professional services, from what I've seen, um, there's a, a potential for downward spiral. You know, if somebody else is willing to do it for less, a company B may say they'll match the price and now you're discounting. Talk mm -hmm. about discounting. Well, discounting is, is important. Um, but, um, what often if you, if you, if you look at, it, if you set the price, um, price X, right? Right. Um, you're going to have one particular sales volume. If you set a higher price Y and discount it down to the same amount as X, uh, you're going to have a higher sales volume. Uh, and that is because as we look at prices, we use that as a guidance to the value of a product or a service. And what that means is that a higher price sets an expectation of higher value. If then that higher price and perception of value is being, um, um, you, you, you anchor that with a high price or relatively high price. And, um, and if you then discount, then, um, that is um, uh, that makes it more of a bargain, basically. So people will 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 buy it more likely. But having said that, um, from our experience, discounting more than twenty percent does not lead to higher sales volume. Likewise, discounting less than ten percent does not affect the sales volume very much. So, um, so if, if, and I've seen this many times and we all have, you know, um, companies saying that, you know, 50% off or 70% off, you know, and that sends a message of, um, sends a message of desperation. Yeah. And, and, um, because of that, um, sales volume is, is going to be relatively low. And if, if not that, it's, it's going to appeal to price sensitive customers. And price sensitive customers buy from you only because of low price, not because of value. And when, <laughs> the problem with, with price sensitive customers also is that they're not loyal to you. You want to have returning customers. And uh, we all know that selling something to to a um, a customer cost again X, you know, selling something again to the same cost customer cost a tenth of that, right? Um, and um, and that's why you want to have returning customers. And if you discount that much, um, you you appeal to price sensitive customers, and they will be gone as soon as there is anybody that um, that have a lower price. Exactly. And you're back into that high acquisition cost again. Yeah, exactly. No loyalty. They'll drop you for a nickel. And, and speaking yep. of a nickel, um, I want to talk to you about pricing thresholds. So if you walk into a store, you see prices, for example, $19.99 or $19.97 as opposed to, say, $20. What's yep. the psychology behind that besides the fact that somebody will see a lower number in front of the decimal point? Well, <clears throat> the, way we, the way we read is that um, I mean, you said 1997. Um, the, the, the way we read is that uh, that is 10 something as opposed to 20 bucks, which is 20 something, right? So um, for, 
we we take more that that very first number in the price um, has a higher gravitas, if you like, than the rest of the numbers, and uh, and because of that, um, the the, the nineteen ninety seven uh, leads to higher sales volume than the twenty. Um, and in fact, there's uh, studies out there to to show that um, pricing on the nine uh, can uh, can often uh, increase sales volume with twenty uh, percent. And is there a difference between the ninety nine and the ninety seven? Because sometimes you walk into a store and you see that subtle difference. Yeah, the the um, historically ninety seven leads to about three percent higher sales volume than than ninety nine. Interesting. And what would happen if it were 95? Is there any data on that that you can share? Well, 95 and 99 are the same. Okay. So, um, the, the, uh, and, and ending on 98 or 96, uh, should not be done. Um, uh, the, the, uh, the, the research out there that, um, uh, statistics out there saying that, uh, those are not good numbers. Per, for anybody who would like to contact you and learn more, how can they do that? Well, again, um, um, Google Google the Price Whisper, and um, and I will show up. My company will show up. Uh, my contact details will show up, and uh, and my book, uh, which is this guy, uh, it will show up as well. I recognize the face on that book. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Yep. That's good branding for you, for sure. Thank you. So, Per, I, I want to give you an opportunity here to maybe share with the audience some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen companies make when it comes to pricing. Well, the biggest mistake is is um, is not to care about pricing, and um, or use guesswork for it. And, and let me give tell you a little story. Um, I spoke to the uh, the CEO of a of a SaaS company a couple of years ago. And, and he told me, um, he told me that um, I decided that our price is going to be $165 per month per user, right? Um, and then he continued saying that, but I don't know, maybe it should have been 99 maybe it should have been 250 Just 165 felt right, right? Um, this was like this was probably like five years ago, and I, I recently looked at um, at the company's website, and it's the same website as it is five years ago, and they don't seem to have grown anything. Um, and um, so they're just leaving masses on the of money on the table. They do do have a very valuable service for their customers, but they just leave money on the table by using guesswork and gut feel instead of some form of science to set prices. Yep. Per, we have about 60 seconds here for you, but I'm going to give you a chance to throw one bonus tip at the audience, if you would, please. Um, the, the, the most important tip I can give you, the, the audience, is increase your prices. If it doesn't work, you can always decrease them again, right? But increase your prices and you're going to see a lot is going to work almost all the time, and uh, you're going to see uh, much higher profits and um, higher, often higher sales volume too. Thank you. I wish that I had more time here to continue to explore that and dig a little deeper to unpack that last comment, but uh, that may have to wait for a return trip for you because we're out of time. Pierre, thank you so much for joining us today on Behind the Numbers. 
Well, thank you so much. And I hope this was uh, interesting to the audience as well. For sure, no doubt. Thank you again for watching and listening. We can't do this program without your support. And uh, please crush that subscribe button so that you uh, know when the next episode drops, which we typically do every week. Again, my name is Dave Bookbinder. I'm the one that my clients turn to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. I'm also the author of the new ROI series, Return on Individuals. And you can find me at newroi.com. I look forward to hearing from you. That's all we have for today, folks. We will see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care.